0: and hello everybody we are now live Uh, good afternoon it is thursday afternoon the 9th of february thank you if you are watching live and also if you're watching on demand on my linkedin feed i've got a very special guest in the studio that i'm going to chat with in a couple of moments Uh, we're going to be talking about the power of events and rick Stainton, who's co-founder of the power events uh, and also um, ceo and founder of smile creative agency is joining me today. Um, Before I bring on Rick, I'm going to thank my sponsors as always, Tarsus Group, 19 Group, EF and also Terrapin, so the sponsors of the Dan Assel Show, and please check out all my content on Dan So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Rick. How are you doing today, Rick?
1: Good afternoon. Good. Thanks, Dan.
0: Good. I think we might have a slight delay on the sound, but uh, we'll we'll deal with that nonetheless. So, um, Rick, to start off with, obviously we have the Power of events, uh, which launches next week. Um, For those that aren't aware of yourself, can you just give a brief intro as to who you are? Um, And we'll we'll start with that, sort of your background, please.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So I co-founded Smile in 2003-04. Uh, We've managed to build up into a a reasonably successful brand experience agency with about 200 full-time staff doing brand experiences all over the world um, uh, with a great team. And then during COVID, I sort of instigated a one-in-one-voice type initiative to get sort of the industry talking better about collaboration and the campaigns that everyone was trying to sort of get the government engaged with um, to support us during those horrible times. And then affected that sort of created a, a momentum of collaboration and mindset change, which was really positive as a legacy out of COVID, I think. And a lot of people suggested the big problem was that no one really understood what the events industry was. There's nowhere one place you can go for existing event professionals or future event professionals. Oh, I'd like to learn about the events industry. It doesn't exist, which is frankly embarrassing and probably a big part of why we're misrepresented, under showcased, undervalued. Bear in mind the massive social economic impact we have on millions of people's lives every day so rightfully or wrongfully stupidly or whatever i took it upon myself to solve this problem and um went out to now over a thousand zoom calls and meetings over the last 12 18 months presenting a solution of a platform that engaged the four bedrock communities of uh, of the power of events in the uk events industry so Um, We can talk about about that in a minute, but basically that's the background.
0: Yeah, so thank you. So actually I've managed to load a video that you kindly sent me as well. So I'm just gonna show, I'm gonna show this um, quickly. It's just like a 60 second piece, which will give an intro to the power of this. And then yes, we're gonna discuss it a bit. So hopefully that gives everyone a bit of an appreciation so let, let's just do more of a bit of a deep dive you gave, um how the concept was derived um and obviously a lot of us felt a bit frustrated specifically with i guess the government response and would you agree that it was because of the sort of different different parts of the uh, events industry
1: Well, um, I can't, I'm I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not part of an association that has the remit to lobby government. But what I did recognize during COVID was there was a a battle of the hashtags. Um, And rightfully, all the different associations representing their sectors, trying to grab support and attention from national government, national media to their individual sector. Um, And that's totally the right thing to do. And they did a brilliant job of of trying to get that across. What the problem was, as, as everyone, recognized and I think since has accepted is that they weren't working together. So unlike other industries that had their ducks in a row, their data all sorted, their contacts directed like a big rocket in one hit at the right people in government or the national media, we had uh, uh, many different associations and other industry leaders brilliantly targeting different areas of government at the same time with different campaigns, with different data, with similar asks. And you can imagine these civil servants who are under the caution ministers didn't know you know which one to properly engage with and 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 i'm not dissing any of their work they all did really hard work in very difficult circumstances to to get great discussions and 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 um attention to our sector uh, but unfortunately the the, the out, outcome and result was was not what we all wanted um but that's the past that's sort of you know that's sort of relevant but irrelevant um sure. i mean i i was fortunate enough to sit down with kemi badenoch um, on Monday in, in, in the Houses of Parliament in her office in a one-to-one um, when she was Trade Secretary, now Business Secretary, because that's how quickly things move these days. And I just basically sat down with her and said, um, and the reason I did this, not because I was lobbying her, she's my local MP, so I was actually talking about some other stuff, but I took that opportunity to say, do you know the size of the UK events industry? Do you know how we influence millions of people's lives every day? Do you know how many people are employed in it? Do you know the export value? And you know, she didn't, and she admitted she didn't. And Is that her fault is that our fault you know for me if you get your internal organization your internal industry in a certain position fit for purpose you can then project it externally you can't do it the other way around so the mission of the power events is just to try and help that facilitate that understanding of what we are how we add value to people's lives what social economic contribution there is and as importantly attract the best future talent So they have somewhere to go to find out about the breadth of opportunity in one place, all those different communities and opportunities in one place, easily accessible. And people can leverage that, whatever remit they have.
0: So it's quite interesting. You you said you you obviously sat with your local um, MP. And, you know, we all see when when um, future prime ministers and elections come, things and the lobby for votes and they use events to do that rishi sunak specifically uh and obviously list trust they were they were campaigning like the clappers at events so it always amazed me and others that uh, when you said well you know they're not quite sure what the events industry is it, they use it when they need it so uh really, sure. the penny the penny is dropped yeah. in that respect well but i don't think that the, the, just the talk to me about um
1: Sorry, Dan, I was gonna say that the big the big the big point I was gonna say is it's not so much about any individual minister or any individual government department. The power events is not about lobbying government. It's nothing to do with that. We are just trying to facilitate a weapon and tools sure. that those who have the remit to target Gregory, treasury bays, DCMS, whoever, or those targeting national media, particularly in the trade press, um, a portal and a map that they can engage with and understand because they don't but also the data to back that up. If we can offer them better ways of collating that and and facilitating it, they then have a stronger, um, um, stronger, I suppose, approach and a more aligned approach for whatever remit they have. We're more about positivity around the power events and bigging it up rather than lobbying or anything like that. And that's why I bring the future generation because that's so important that we attract the best talent out of other industries or when they're considering schools, college, university leaving, that they see the breadth of opportunity in one place, easily accessible, and all those communities they can engage with to learn and see that it's not just, um, you know, either just one sure. sector or one type of event.
0: And as I understand it, it represents seven target groups across all four nations. Mm-hmm. Can you bring, I guess, how did you derive those? How did you put those, they come up with those and uh, those pots? Yeah, because that I mean, would have been quite a tricky thing to do
1: it was a fun game of uh of 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 of, (laughs) let's attack the traditional mindset let's 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 have that board game um i mean look i'm not i'm not i'm not going to apologize for the fact that this is embarrassing for the whole industry that we can't even define what we are and that's got to be where you start the base level of which sectors are we and there's always a few nuances and gray areas but the way i approached it is i've formed a task force of about 30 odd industry leaders slash mostly the heads of the key associations who representing what i thought were sort of the key sectors so you know you've got sort of weddings and private parties exhibitions in congress business and brand experiences um live music and live performances outdoor events and festivals um and sort of public sector third sector so you know i got those association heads i didn't just come up with these myself i asked them by putting out there yeah. um a draft form and would they all buy into it and feel that it was inclusive and representative and from a Four Nations perspective, the first people I ever presented anything to was um, was the director of ASM Global and Visit Scotland up in Edinburgh. I purposely flew up to them in in, in um, November, December 21. And I wanted to get them to feel that there wasn't this some South London centric orientated thing. I wanted their buy in first and then I took it around the country afterwards. So um, and, you know, we have those you know representatives across uh, the visit visits um uh, throughout throughout the uk and um, supporting us as well which is fantastic um so i've basically taken this on i've taken the industry the task force action groups on a journey so it's designed by the industry for the industry not the rick Stainson show or anything um sure. so i'm quite confident that the vast majority of, of industries or sectors or communities have had an opportunity to review stuff on an ongoing basis and we spent the year giving the understanding of the wireframe what the platform will look like the designs the rationale behind it and, and take them with with us on the journey, so they can give their input and feedback all the time. That that's how it's best works. So there's a buy in. There's a there's a sense of of ownership over it as well.
0: Sure. And as you said, you you're working in conjunct partnership with lots of those major organisations uh, that serve those industry subsets. Can you just bring to life maybe a few of them? Some of the organisations sure. you're working with and how you're working yeah. with them.
1: But see, this is the thing. There's two sets to the, the platform. We're showcasing the seven sectors, no movie description, little videos, just an understanding of what they are because, you know, you might in your own individual sector know what you're about. I think the vast majority of the supply chain work across, across most sectors, but external stakeholders, new, new event professionals, future event talent, government media don't know what these seven sectors are. And I think there's an education sure. piece there. But the bulk of the platform is the foundation um, showcases the, the profiles of the bedrock of our industry which we put into four categories the industry media so we've got 14 of the main industry titles so whether that's your sort of MASH media titles of AA conference news exhibition news through to your standout um, through to advent industry news to, to IQ magazine TPI festival insights um, to event space in Scotland um, and and so on so i don't think we've missed any one major um we've got 14 of them now and that's unprecedented to have them all collaborate together so they're all profiled with some of their news articles as well sure. uh, and their calendar of events will be in a big events calendar with almost like 100 events industry events now the conferences the awards all in one place so you can see them all we've got 25 30 of the main trade associations all on board which again for them all to collaborate under one banner so that's live in the music sector. That's the EIF and nowhere in the outdoor events and festival space, sort of UK events and, and the EVCOMs and PCMAs in the corporate space. Um, you've got the AEO, S A V in the exhibition space. Um, and the NTIA from the Nighttime Industry Association, sure. UK CMA and Security, I could go on, but you get it. There's not a lot missing, which is great. I'm sure there are a few. But for them all to buy into it and be profiled is is unprecedented. Then the third, probably for me, one of the most important categories is is the support organisations. So those that are covering best practice in skills, sustainability, DEI, welfare. So that's your Islas, your AgriNet festivals, your Diversity Alliances, your Stress Matters, uh, event Wells, um, Vision Twenty Twenty Five, Production Futures, SuperJam. You know, they do not a lot of them not for profits or B Corp or organisations that just need need to be more known across the sectors, because often they've come out of one specific sector. they It's phenomenal cool. work to add value to all sorts of different future or existing event professionals, development and businesses. And then finally, the 10 universities. So we've got 10 universities from across the four nations, from Ulster to Cardiff, the University of West Scotland to Bournemouth, Westminster, Greenwich, Sheffield, Leeds and Manchester, all bought into this profile on the site. So excited about engaging closer with industry and for their students to have a better access and engagement and, and be involved in, in the Power Events platform and the, the conduit facilitation that we can we can do. And they're going to add a lot of value to the research side as well, the universities. So, so that's a makeup of sure. 90, I think, be- oh. organisations.
0: Amazing. And obviously, to put this together, um, you know, you need, I guess, funding. Um, it's it's a big project. How is this being funded? And if people want to support it, how can they do that?
1: Um, well, I'm I'm happy to say, and, and I sort of have to apologise and thank people at the same time for my hounding, but I've spent the last year asking people for donations to a startup fund. And we started off with a target of 100K, which we would get the platform to a certain place. And um, if I'm honest, 99% of everybody I've spoken to has, has said, yes, it's the right idea. Yes, it's badly needed and and, and, and it has been for years. And they're happy to put a bit of a contribution to the startup fund. Um, So there's hundreds of business supporters. So whether it's, you know, Excel London to DRPG, Identity to Informer. Um, Recently, Glastonbury came on board, as did Notting Hill Carnival, um, London Marathon. Um, We've got a huge broad range of of different types of commercial organisations from different sectors, which is fantastic. Um, And then you've got the universities, trade media, support organisations and trade associations that have all... Uh, have also been asked to put in Um, not all of them have and I think the ones that happen to be fair and not for profits and the support organizations they're quite small low resources it's more important to me that they were profiled and then then, then we're asked for money a few have offered which is lovely but um, it's more important that we get the full representation rather than just you can only come on and be profiled if you're tiny and you pay some money that's not how this would work Um, so most people have donated between like 500 quid to quite a few thousand depending on their investment in industry purpose, available budget, where they're at in their cycle of budgets, and whatever. And anything's been amazing. There's no judge of size or business. Um, So we've raised over 150K now, and that's pr- almost entirely going into uh, the, the development of the wireframe, this very expansive site, um, the back end setting up of it, trademarking it, um, and then some work on a little bit of expenses just for that, that me and Simon and Sophie, the core team, have been going around the country and doing a lot of speaking, but there's, um, you know, Sophie's a great part of our team. She's four days a week and she gets paid a salary to support our whole operation, Whereas Simon and I are not not at all paid by this. We just get a few train fare expenses covered. um, And we're not doing it for any sort of, you know, remuneration perspective. So we're trying to channel the vast majority of the, the raised money consistently into the platform to start with. Launch event soon, and then the web app in a few months' time will be launching for the research data.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I was going to talk to you. So next week you've got this, um, this the big launch, which I think is on the sixteenth, yeah. which um, which I'm going to be attending. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Uh, can people still get involved? Can they attend? How do they do that? <laughs> talk to me about the launch.
1: Well, when we announced the launch event, I was worried we'd get you know ten people to come along that just were available walking past Tottenham Court Road at the time um we have a capacity of about 150 um at here at outer net it's a brilliant venue and i'm really proud that they've they've supported this uh, uh for us um i think we're at capacity i think we're sold out if i'm honest with you i don't know we might may, maybe a few left um i know we're up wow. to about 130 at the weekend uh, which is fantastic um and it's pretty much all supporters and partners that obviously are invited so that all the trade media press and yeah. and people like yourself with podcasts and 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 online communities have been showcased the support organizations associations and so on <clears throat> and about five or six universities are gonna be there so if anyone does want to come please let us cool. know at hello at we're not it's not a closed shop unless obviously we run out of size and space capacity that's understandable obviously supporters and partners um have, have sort of you know first right of refusal um but since we announced the launch three or four weeks ago we've had loads more interest in people coming on and the partners which makes me really relieved but also frustrated i spent the last year on a zoom call i might as well just announce the launch event and just waited for people to get involved, but um, it's not how these things work. But uh, no, it's just phenomenal, and there's loads more people that I'm still talking to, are really trying to get their, you know, sign off to get to get involved before the launch. But obviously, this is the start of the journey. You know, this is not the end. This is the beginning of. Here's the platform. What do you think about it, and so on? So, if you can come to the launch event, you'd like to let us know. I can't promise there are availability still, but I think there are a few left. I've just got to check on our supporters and partners have all RSVP'd. But from that point on in, there'll be a lot of social media activity showing who was there and and, and some of the content, and it will be hopefully all the trade press reporting it. And and obviously, the site will be up for you to explore. Um, So, yeah.
0: Sure. Okay. And then finally, in terms of the future, you touched upon it then, and you've mentioned it when I spoke to you before. Conveys is the launch of uh, an Insight app. Can
1: you tell us (laughs) about that? Yeah, I mean, that you know, there's great having the content, the overview, the map of the industry, but it, it really doesn't mean a lot unless you've got it backed up with some clear data. And, and obviously, as I said at the beginning, consistent measurement indicators across our sectors of, of our size of our industry, employment value, export value, um, GDP contribution, the demographics, you know, from underrepresented backgrounds to, to different regions and and the makeup. We just need that. It backs up a lot of the ability to attract talent and for you know, schools and colleges and universities to talk to students about the breadth of opportunity and back it up with data. It helps the trade associations and, and, and industry media target with their remit is government or national government or, or, or national media, and they need to back up the solid data. So the web app will be launched um, in the spring. Don't know the date yet, we're just trying to get the platform, the launch event away, but I'm thinking around towards the end of April. And we're planning on doing that probably across the whole four nations. So we're gonna to go to Scotland, we're gonna to go to Wales, we're gonna to go to Northern Ireland, we're going to go to the South, and the north and london of england and show it's a proper four nations engagement um and do a sort of roadshow and launch that within conjunction with some of our local partners and supporters around that um and that web app is designed to be a really engaging hopefully like the brand that you can see on the platform when it's launched um ability to grab all sorts of different simple data just so that we can help associations and anyone else that needs data with either their industry research so we add add some firepower to it Or or we're going to create our own with the industry partners and and approach some support grant funding for them. Sure. Uh, We've already got one with Leeds University we're looking at. Um, So that's very exciting because if we can get that content, that data over to people, um, it adds a huge amount of of added value to the way that they present the events industry now um, and and combat the problems of the past alongside the platform, obviously, with the the content on there. Um, So that's an exciting progression.
0: Perfect. Listen, thank you, Rick. Um, We wish you the best of luck. Thanks. I'm sure times I'm going to see you or see you at the event next week. Yes. Uh, Obviously, encourage everyone if they just want to have a look at what's going on, it's thepowerofevents.org. And obviously, they can message through there or even yourself personally, I guess through LinkedIn if they want to get involved from a financial perspective. So thank you, Rick. Um, I'm just going to pop you back in the green room and have a quick chat with you afterwards. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much, Dan. Cheers.
0: Okay, so that was Rick Stainton, who was the co-founder of the Power of Events. Um, check out the Power of Events website. Um, also their social media handles, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and so on. And look out for all the announcements about the event next week. So there'll be lots of photos and, and um, commentary around that. So listen, thank you so much um, for tuning in today, whether it's live or on demand. And I should say, if you had a comment for Rick, Um, or any of the Power of Events team, please post it in the comments section on this feed. Thank you so much and I'll see you again soon.